Okay. Testing, testing. I hear you. You hear me now? Okay. Well, n- well, now actually it's bi-directional. Now I hear you. Oh, you do? Yes. So <sighs> the question is, do I need to, to uh, bust out the old microphone or am I coming across okay? You sound okay. There's okay. a little, there's a little syllabus, a little popping, but not terrible. Well, you know what? The fans will just have to be happy with this. That's right. <laughs> we'll get what we feed them and nothing that, more. That's right. I mean, <laughs> at this point, they're clamoring, clamoring for content. So we could do this on two tin cans and a string and they'd still be happy. I'm they'd sure. still be happy. They, well, they better be. Yeah. I mean, and oh. by the way, that's a singular they. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All praise fan. Oh, it's said. <laughs> praise be they the fan. Are. Oh, man. Seb, what's going on, tough guy? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. We apologize, fan. Without a strong rhyme to step to. That's right. If you think of how many weak podcasts you've been through, time's up. We are sorry that we left you. (laughs) Are you recording the theme song? (laughs) Well, I'm just playing homage to uh, the inimitable Eric B. and Rakim. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Oh, no, I got the reference. Come on. I know you got the reference. I don't think fan got the reference. I'm not insulting insulting your hip hop knowledge, Sebastian. Of course not. (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh well let us do this i i i took it upon myself to jot down something that says that since our last episode come on. <laughs> and i was I amazed at how many things were on there yikes yeah. can i hit you with can i hit you with a few of them please Alrighty, and not the and we're not gonna have time to talk about all of these. Um, and maybe we had, we do end up doing the two one hour casts. But what I had was since our last episode, um, California recall, Texas uh-huh. abortion law, SCOTUS uh-huh. giving the concept of stare decisis a big middle finger, um, uh-huh. the corruption of Mansion and Semena, uh, budget madness, trillion uh-huh. dollar coins, uh-huh. the quote unquote power of the Senate parliamentarian, the Virginia uh-huh. governor election. Um, <laughs> John Gruden not having a racist bone in his body. Right. Um, <laughs> Man. And, and, and then the recent ones that came in, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene asking on her Twitter feed if America should have a red state or blue state divorce. And then what just came across this morning was Trump threatening to have Republicans stay home in 22 and 24 um, for the elections until the Republican Party, quote unquote, solves the conclusively fraudulently no proven conclusively fraudulent election (laughs) oh that seems like a great strategy (laughs) um yes please oh and you i mean obviously you were scratching the surface you missed you you missed many 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 clearly clearly (laughs) (laughs) uh shoot there was one in particular uh uh oh um just the the uh january 6th committee um, uh, issuing subpoenas <laughs> and not yet enforcing them uh, yes. against um, Bannon, Mark Meadows, uh, uh, Scavino, and a fourth person who I'd never heard of before. Uh, I believe it was. I think it was a woman who was the. Uh, she was. Was she the uh, spokesperson? Could be. Yeah. Could be. It, you're um, right. I, I I didn't even get into. Well, not only Stephanie January Grisham's. 6th, right. Yeah, yeah. Grisham. Yes. No, no, she's not the one who subpoenaed. She just, her book came out. Oh yes, the, just remind me of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of uh, a lot of post 
a lot of post uh, January sixth courage coming yes. out there. I know she tried to resign several times several before times January 6th. and just wasn't able to. It's funny. Whenever I've tried to resign, I was just able to. <laughs> well, I think what's amazing is that you know. I, so much on that one, but let's go into it. Um, I would have bought her. I would have bought the reasoning behind her excuse, not the actual factualness, but the reasoning if she'd have been in the White House for let's call it twelve months or eighteen months. That chick was there for four years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or three, three years. Yes, it's way too long. You're far past that. Um, you know, thirty day guarantee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, you bought that. You mm-hmm. bought it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yours. Oh, and um, the other uh, was it the Judiciary Committee um, who released their report yes, last week on the January, on, right on the the mountain of evidence that there is planning and coordination from the White yeah. House. Yeah. Oh, and the, there was that memo from uh, the lawyer that leaked sort of in advance of the the committee findings. It was yes. Like the, um, uh, the the detailed instructions for uh, for how to carry out a coup. You know, I, <laughs> Which, I'm not the... my favorite thing was Trump saying to Pence, but if you could do that, it would be pretty cool, right? Yeah. If you had that much power. <laughs> mm, I'm not saying that there are 12,000 votes out there to flip Georgia for me, but if you could find them, you could just find that them. would be very, very helpful to us at our cause. We wouldn't forget you. I'm not a bribe. I'm not saying that we'll pay you. I'm just saying that I won't forget to repay you in some kind of economic remuneration <laughs> if you do what I ask. It's not a bribe. Oh, my God. Oh, and and uh, the uh, the Trump Hotel in D.C. at the old post office mm. lost $75 million while claiming massive uh, profits because it was being stripped <sighs> for assets. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, this it is a does. month. It goes, it's a month and it's still like a, just an absolute giant mess. My <laughs> question is, my question is, uh, we, well, clearly the universe needs us. We should never let this happen again. Although I don't think we'll have a convergence of, um, of circumstances. You know, you getting a new economic, uh, I guess, uh, job. Yes. At a place that is yet unnamed and shall ever be unnamed. Um, yes. Kimberly and I having our anniversary yes. being away, um, you know, kids doing volleyball and other Travel. stuff happening. So, yeah, it was it was a time. It was a lot. <laughs> so, so one of the one of the fan actually asked me, are you and Steb still friends? I'm just like, <laughs> I, I think so. If we're not, it will be the first I've heard of it. You didn't I mean, see my kid. tell-all book? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to break up with Darius on the podcast so many times. <laughs> we did now, 43 episodes and I hated every one the of them. The truth can be told. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. The other thing I, as I mean, we usually focus on the political aspect, um, but I would be 100% remiss if I did not point out that the serial predator, um, R. Kelly, was finally found yes. guilty. Um, yes. Although in my mind, he'd been guilty. The Zodiac for a long Killer time. had also, also was identified. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It is. I mean, it's and I'll, I'll focus on the R. Kelly one just yes. for a moment, only because not only because it's a, it's an important story that everybody, I think, should really pay attention to the fact of. And I think it's from that whole vein of Harvey Weinstein and yep. other powerful men that are allowed to do whatever they want because they are viewed as having some artistic merit. Um, yep. <laughs> Polanski. <coughs> oh, what do you <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Um, 
Mel Gibson. Uh, something in my throat here. Um, you know, <laughs> it just it, won't go away. It just will not go away. Um, you know, as the father of, you know, two young black um, girls who are on the road to becoming black women, um, the idea that so many black women were ignored. I know. I know. Um, and that the evidence was hiding in plain sight. I mean, at the end of the trial, yeah. would you, I think, that's, I think that's really what gets me is that the evidence shows that this was all out there all the time. Yeah. And for a much longer time than even, you know, non-music people. I mean, I, I have to own the fact that for a long time, I danced to that man's music. Yeah. Loved what he had to say. I mean, Chocolate City, you know, all that other fun stuff, Fiesta, Fiesta. I was right there. And now... Um, not literally, figuratively. Yeah, right. yeah thankfully, <laughs> just, not literally. Just I was for, right there on the dance any, floor when that stuff was played. For any prosecutor that listening... <laughs> He did not um, mean figure literally. Exactly. <laughs> Are we in a federal figura, figurative versus literal argument? That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know I would it it just pains me to think that I there know. are men who allowed these things to happen to other. Yeah, you know, we definitely boys. we all own this. I mean, and yeah. not just him, as you said. There, yeah. There's a litany of of men behaving badly that that we've overlooked forever. <sighs> I, I literally just read an article about um, um, Richard Feynman. Uh, extremely gifted physicist um last night which is actually a couple of years old and and all of it is it's you know i mean it's in his own writing and his own book like mm. um and he was given a pass because he was brilliant you know and that's um that's been the the case for a very very long time and it's uh yeah we all own that for sure yeah and then there's um, the i mean there's the the racial dimension to it which is was illustrated is. so um glaringly with the the petito disappearance <laughs> oh right i mean like this news cycle screeched to a halt and just parked um you know in front of the the uh the horrible mm. death and tragic end of a um a white woman and yeah. meanwhile there's uh, did you see uh it was ego odom on snl oh, yes. playing the the disappeared <laughs> missing black, black woman, woman. <laughs> <laughs> they're giving away a subway gift card as a reward for information <laughs> it, it was that and i think oh. um i mean that's one the snl skit um and i think ego wodum is just showing that she is she's great here for it um, she's great i'm so she's glad she's there. finally getting like yes uh, as a featured player more space yeah more importantly a featured player who actually gets stuff on air mm -hmm. so i think there's many featured players on snl we just oh, have sure. to see them um, but the fact that she's getting on air, I think is important because representation. Matters. Absolutely. Well, and, and to me, that's probably it, my guess is that indicates more representation in the writer room. In the right? writer's because, room. Yeah. 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 Well, although I if I remember correctly, you know, when I was on SNL um, as a featured player, <laughs> yes. I think. Featured, <laughs> Who I can think... forget the golden era? <laughs> Of Darius being on the cast. That glorious uh, one episode arc in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> Your Tom Cruise impression really killed. Yeah, it does. I think it's right up there with the Sinead O'Connor episode. It's been banned. Like they don't even show it on the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to offer was it's the idea that, you know, Ego Wodum, not only from a representation standpoint is there, but I was, I was going to kind of missing woman thing because the stats that I wasn't aware of were the massive amounts of Native American women that have yeah. gone missing yeah. over the last, you know, 10 years. And yeah. it is, 
it in, is in that exact area. I mean, that was that was the stat I saw was yes. just you know just take that one area where where that happened uh, where that event took place and look over ten years and it was something like it was it was a staggering number. It, it, was, it was it was both staggering and shameful. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and, and obviously, you know, Deb Haaland, who is the, you know, I think the secretary of the interior, interior yep. clearly can't fix all of those problems right now because they are they're baked in systemically. Stop yeah. it sounds familiar. Um, and they had a lot of um, inertia behind them. But, That's right. You know, when you talk about, you know, justice or, you know, Native people's trial systems and just the idea that you know many people just want this problem to go away and then yeah and then and you know those will just take the head in the sand right there's yeah. no problem if i don't acknowledge it there's no right. problem if i don't say the words right? i also so. think that you know there's um there's a mistake that people on the left and the progressive um uh, quarters make with this type of stuff which is um disillusionment right like as you said deb, deb halen first indigenous person secretary of the interior um the irony is not lost on anybody um, but uh, like Obama, like there's mm. this sort of mm. backlash of like, well, why isn't she fixing everything? And it's, it's like, not done yet. Right. And it's I mean, it's it's so I mean that I understand it's you know, that's a, a very baked in human reaction. We want things solved. We want results that we can see. But it's incredibly immature and it ends up working against uh, the the mission of progress because it's incredibly important that she is in that role. Now, whatever she can get incrementally done during her uh, her uh, um, tenure, uh, it's it it is dwarfed by the the incremental uh, over like long term effects of of the representation, right? I mean, yeah. like it it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and thinking that it will makes it less likely to happen in the long term as well. Like and I mean, patience and keep yeah. pushing, right? I mean, I, I hate when it's denigrated that whole, you know, oh, you can't change the system from the inside. It's like, well, I mean, well, the you alternative can't the system is, in three weeks from the inside. Right. And the alternative <laughs> is, uh, you know, bloody revolution. Is that what you're calling for? Like, I mean, because the people who are calling for revolution are looking, are they're not my favorite people at the moment. They are not. They are not. Um, I have a new t-shirt that says we'll trade racist for refugees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And we it's forgot about trade. the fall of Afghan, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um, but you, you're actually saying something that's very important here. And I think we're seeing it not only with sort of, you know, the, the, the changes to, you know, departments um, within the federal government, I, I think we're seeing it even in the budget battle, right? Like there's this incredibly right. energetic and angry aspect of the democratic coalition. And I guess for lack of a better term, we'll call them the progressives. And they're just like, you know, it has to be this budget fight right now at this right. point, this line will go no further. Right. And it's just right. like, okay, Maybe you could do that with a 250, you know, right. maybe a 260, 230 House majority or something, you know, to those lines. Like if you have 250 members of the House, fine. 250 out of what, 453? No, 260 out of 453. Mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm. enough for some defections, right? Yeah. You can you can deal with that. Yeah. Um, you can make a statement. You can make a statement. A huffy right? statement. <laughs> 5347 in the Senate. Fine. Yeah, you can afford to have those numbers, but right. where are we now? Two, it's not a large number. It's I think not it's, a, it's yeah, I think the it's margin's four, small. Maybe it's like four or five. 
yeah. um, in terms of Democrats with the majority in the House and clearly no majority no. Um, in the Senate. And it's just like, you know, guys, I just need you to how do we get progressives to keep the energy but keep moving? Keep yeah. progress. I need the progressives to keep progressing. There, I said it. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Oh, that sounds like a. Like I was a, about to say, let's jump that down. <laughs> Name keep of the progressing. show. Darius Brown, 2024. <laughs> keep progressing. Ah, oh, but yeah, it is. Um, yeah, th- those are. I don't know. Where should we go next? There were so many. I, I threw out oh a couple God. of easy topics. What did I miss? Where, 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 where? <laughs> I mean, you can pick any of the ones you brought up. I know. Um, um, I mean, let's see. Uh, I mean, the, the the lack of progress in the the Voting, voting rights, rights Act and the filibuster is extremely alarming to me. Although I did hear that today, I think Biden said that they might have to change the rules around the filibuster um, if if they can't get cooperation. So, I mean, they're at least, I, I just don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Darius, help me understand why. They're waiting to see if they can get co- cooperation. Like, what what is the wait about? Is there some timing issue that I don't understand, or is it uh, timidity? Or uh, I, I just I don't get it. Like, it, I have an it, idea. I, yes, I do have please. a thought on that. I okay. shall share. It may not be an answer, but at least it's my answer. Um, <laughs> it may not be the answer. Um, I I think it really comes down to the fact that Democrats don't want to admit that they're batshit crazy people who are in the same congressional hallways with them every single day. I think Mm. it's scary to think that there are really people who conspired with others to actually try and end your life um, on January 6th. I think that level of caution, it's kind of like, you know, for those of us who've ever been in a corporate workplace, there's always been the one fucking crazy person in the office and you take steps to maybe compartmentalize or right. to maybe not interact with that person a lot because you're wondering, well, why isn't the boss firing this individual? Right. You no. Know, and come to find out the boss is scared of that individual. Right. So right. they stay not because of deserved legitimacy or knowledge. They just scare because people are too, they stay because people are too scared to fuck with them. Yeah. Um, and I think there might be some aspect of that. When I look at the democratic colleagues, it's, it's scary to think that there are people who really do want you dead and think that you are an enemy. Um, and I think maybe the sooner the Democrats understand that there are a few Republicans um, who really do feel that way about it, and they need to be treated as an existential threat, right. not a hypothetical what if. Like, the threat is real, and it's here. It's The bomb has already been set off once on January 6th. I know. This is the thing. It's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, they're politicians. I understand on the right, they're, they, they, there are no qualifications for being a politician, but mm-hmm. The rest of them, surely they know about uh, Chamberlain and and the way his you know his appeasement went down with with Adolf Hitler. Not yeah. well. Spoiler. <laughs> well, you know, but when you but when you are raised to be to think of yourself as exceptional, you truly think that that happened to the other person. It's not mm. going to happen to me. God, right. So I mean, we, we, we talk about the studies of drug use and like, why do people still use yeah. drugs when there's so much documented evidence of what right. it does to people? And people are like, I can oh, manage it. Right, yeah. Right, right. Well, the, those people who got addicted. They were weak. Right. And clearly weak, they're not yeah. as strong as I am or smart as yeah. I am. Right. Yeah. So, or, or as white as I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, it's I do the- worry about that. Like, um, you know, when I think about what would happen if 
um, if, you know, if there's through whatever, for, for, by whatever means we lose the majority in Congress and, mm-hmm. and then lose the presidential election. And basically that's the end of, of free and fair elections in the United States. Cause that's literally yeah. the truth. Yeah. Like that is not, that's not hyperbole. No, but that would be, uh, I mean, horrific, uh, tragedy, um, that would largely the the immediate impact uh, over the next whatever ensuing 10, 20 years would not be felt by me, no. right? Or people who look like me or are in my economic status. And no. that's that's the people who are in power in, mm-hmm. in Washington. They're just they were not bearing the brunt of their inaction, right? Um, like the worst case scenario, they think, oh, that would be terrible. And it's it's pearl clutching, right? It's not they don't yeah. have skin in the game, really. Um, they, they do, I mean, from a principle perspective, from a philosophy perspective, but, uh, from an ideology perspective, but from an economic and a human suffering and a, and rights perspective, it's just like uh, actually circling back to one of the topics you teed up the Texas abortion bill, right? Yes. Lots That's, of men with no yes. vested interest. Well, in- and, and also, uh, wealthy people yes. who can still access those services, Right. To Oklahoma, to Louisiana, well, not sure. Louisiana, but you know, to California. I mean, the stories of to a doc- the- to a doctor I know in Dallas who will do it with on the on the down low with proper yeah. equipment and proper yeah. drugs, and it's safe and mm-hmm. it's, it just costs five thousand dollars. Or to California, mm-hmm. or to New York, right, right, yeah. There's, I I um I put something in a in a work post Slack. Um, and it said something to you. You are I, bold with your. I am. Your I, am. I am. I am. I am. Re- I truly just don't care anymore. Yeah. That's um, good. <laughs> what I well, actually, I usually do two slacks. There's one that I write out in Word, and then I save it, and then I come back to it like an hour later, and I clean it up and I post it. So I, <laughs> I do very little stream of consciousness posting in, in, uh, in Slack. The um, Slack. I, I would. I want to see you compile those into a book and and sell it as like mm. Darius's Slack posts that never were. Exactly. <laughs> now that's what people want to see. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what I what I what I said is that you know people who advocate systems that have baked in inequity only advocate those systems because they can't envision that the system would ever, right. and this is That's the word right. I made up, inequitize them. Mm. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, episode name, inequitize me. Um, yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> listen, I guarantee you the Egyptians did not put that system of labor in place because they ever thought that they would be the ones moving the stones. Yeah, no, that is very true. And actually, very, very good point. I heard uh, Merrick Garland being interviewed um, uh, uh, by Julie Brown, I think it was during the New Yorker Festival. Mm, Um, And uh, he was saying that, I mean... You know, he said this: the the abortion law in Texas is um, trying to circumvent the uh, the Constitution by deputizing private citizens to to you know to go mm-hmm. after um, their their fellow citizens. And he said, you know, it's an incredibly dangerous precedent because it could be applied to the Second Amendment or any part of the Constitution by any state. And and that if Texas doesn't see that, it's the DOJ's job to stop them because yeah. it's I mean, think about it for half a second. It's like that's a 
terrible model for social cohesion or governance or sovereignty of a nation or anything, literally anything. Forget about just at the human rights and decency <laughs> level. It just doesn't work at a political level. The type of law that Texas put in place should never even be enforced at a middle school. Like no. you wouldn't yeah, exactly. want fifth graders, you know, <laughs> controlling other fifth grade. It's called bullying when they do it. That's right. Well, it's <laughs> it's called like institutionalized bullying. It's yes. like, yes. you know, you get a free period if you turn in your classmates. Like, oh, boy. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Ugh. Well, and, I, you know, I think even going into the other topic that I mentioned, you know, the whole idea that the Supreme Court of the United States decided not to stay that. Mm. Um, and also did it, if I remember correctly, as a part of the infamous shadow docket. Are you implying that the Supreme Court is politicized? How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, when, when, especially when Judge Barris said that we're not political hacks. Right. And she Alito, said it right there in the words. Alito. So Adam Serwer wrote an article about how the Supreme Court had no uh, uh, legitimacy because it was entirely politicized. And Alito mm -hmm. read directly from his article denouncing it at a private uh, event where that he was giving a speech at, at which he had previously laid down ground rules that n there could be no recording or, or media reporting directly of his of his speech. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <sighs> it is. They're terrible people. They're they're, they're not. I, I have issues with. I have actually. I have issues with all six of the justices on the on the left and i actually still have an issue with stephen Breyer because mm, I, the right. I, I don't know like are you new are you not going to be happy until it's seven two right you know so as you are sitting in wherever he how lives, bad do you want this to get yeah i mean you know I'm, I'm glad that you have but i think that's also the idea of privilege too right the idea exactly. that you know Doesn't i know what's him. best yeah well you know I, I did what i felt was right in my heart and, you know, the results of that are just something that other people have to deal with. That pretty much sounds like privilege. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good. I mean, I, I think we could crack a dictionary and find something pretty similar. Probably a picture of uh, Stephen Brower sitting there. And I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. the, but I think the other thing. What can is, I say? I like the robe. <laughs> listen, I don't have to wear any clothes. I don't, my wardrobe costs <laughs> have gone down so much since I've been on the Supreme Court. God. Um, well, I mean, he's naked under. The <laughs> Is that what you're implying? Aren't we all naked under our clothes, Sebastian? I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I, I, but I also think it's it's also disingenuous because there are data points that will let you know exactly how this will go down. I think you know any justice who thought that a political party would not hold a seat open until they could get a president in there was yeah. okay to maybe think that prior to um, Obama, but, and, and I think if we go back in Supreme Court history, there have been many, many dubiously timed, you know, retirements and Supreme yeah. Court nominations, right? But I think it was just, it was maybe that raw and naked where your average citizen knew and understand what was happening when Merrick, with the Blackie and Merrick Garland's uh, nomination. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for Stephen Breyer to claim that something is when it clearly no longer is the case, I think is going back to it, the height of privilege, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to acknowledge that. No. If I don't, if I don't see it, it's not real. Oh, right, is, right. Is, is that the criteria? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sorry. I couldn't hear what you're saying with your head stuck in the sand. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, and it, and it's, and Hey, listen, do I think that, you know, with Trump continually to do things to buck the heretofore yet undone idea that a party who was in uh, political power in the presidency loses seats in the midterm elections. Like I, I, and I think we may have said this in an episode ago, I truly do think that Trump is going to actually cause the first time in the history probably of, you know, since this has been tracked from a, you know, modern political um, aspect, Democratic, Republican, I think it's going to be the first time that the party in power actually either keeps all of his seats or maybe gains a seat or two. Well, and that's only uh, based on legitimate election results. The danger is that the, there are so many Republican state legislatures that have passed uh, laws that allow Mm -hmm. them to overturn election results um, in like a half dozen different ways that, you know, Mark Elias can only file so many lawsuits. <laughs> I'm just worried that that's, you know, that's going to be the case, that there'll be two unprecedented events in the midterms. One yes. is the party uh, with the majority rule on the presidency will pick up seats because mm-hmm. you're right. Trump is just Trump is so destructive and so does not get how the game is played. Like you can see you know, the McConnell's and the Meadows and the rest of them trying to pull the strings correctly to course correct them. And he's just, he's so far, you know, uh, out there um, on his own, in his own brain, his own tiny, tiny disease brain. Tiny brain. (laughs) Um, I I will offer, I will offer two thoughts. I will say that uh, if, if, if he continues on this path, Trump is definitely making a play to be the strongest democratic double agent in the history of politics. (laughs) Um, And I think maybe it'll come out in 50 years that truly he was a democratic, you know, plant and had done all of this because he had to get the country to the point of breaking in order to make that like he was definitely committed to his double secret role. I mean, that would be the biggest reveal of all time. If I mean, because it would actually require him to have a working brain and he's done such a good job of projecting (laughs) the reality of having no brain (laughs) whatsoever. My very big brain. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the other thing is that I think the GOP is getting a lesson in the idea that when you invite the bull into the China shop, the bull doesn't destroy the other guy's side of no, the shop. No, <laughs> and no. the bull doesn't destroy the other guy's stuff. <laughs> no, no, and I mean back to what I was saying. I, I my fear is the midterms are going to be the, when the, the constitutional crisis comes to a head, yeah. not the twenty twenty four presidential election. Because yeah, when, when most people aren't paying attention, or, or right. some people are disengaged. Right. There'll be yeah. enough. Uh, I mean, there'll be enough elections that are close enough as they, because there'll be low lower turnout. Mm. There'll be surprising. Uh, upsets for the Democrats because Trump is being such an agent of chaos that yeah. it's suppressing the the Republicans and or motivating the Democrats. And you've got Republican state uh, houses with the power to overturn those elections. So we're going to win a larger majority of the House and then lose the majority in the House because of shenanigans. And that will be the massive, massive cri- constitutional <sighs> crisis. Well, and, you know, to your point, you know, where are the legislatures that could actually have an impact? Because truth be told, I'm not worried if Arkansas can overturn the results of an election because I kind of know where Arkansas is going. I'm not worried about Alabama. I'm not worried about Mississippi. However, Sebastian, which three states do you think I am very worried about? (laughs) Arizona. (laughs) Well, yeah, four, I guess then. Uh, Maybe five. Arizona, 
Wisconsin, Wisconsin Michigan, yeah. Yeah. Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 I think Georgia as well. Maybe I'll add a six. Georgia seat, is, so. is seems to be holding the line though. They, the Georgia court just overturned a request to audit the Fulton County election results oh, okay. from 2020, and okay. uh, the the uh, Secretary of State has been pretty adamant. I mean. He overplayed his hand, right? By by, like you know, Lindsey Graham pressuring them, yeah. Trump pressuring them, like, and it coming out publicly, like he made it he um, made it impossible they, for them to be to defend. They had to protect their professional brand. Like, yeah, exactly. That that they were, you know, uh, um, competent uh, um, yeah. civil servants. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it, it was way, way overplayed. I mean, like everything in Georgia was overplayed, right? I mean, like that's pretty much why we won the Senate because of all of the <laughs> ridiculous, like overplaying of their hand. And I mean, frankly, I I kind of think it's better for us. And for the country, if we do have the constitutional crisis in the midterms, because yes. uh, we still have the presidency. This is true. Um, and we've still got time to somehow, like, you know, well, cram the fucking voting rights act through. I mean, pass, it's... pass it, pass the John Lewis act, pass the, you know, oh my God, we just, have yeah, to just, codify just do it. Again. Just do it. Just do uh, it. It has to happen. It, it And... And I think you're 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 saying something very important here, which is this idea of overplaying hands, right? Yeah. I think people, and I don't know if you and I talked about this. Maybe it was Kimberly and I, um, and not to say that I'm confusing you with Kimberly, but I have just so many conversations, <laughs> um, so much wisdom spouts from my mouth to so many people around me. I don't know, of course, who is the, I don't know who it gets on. We just can't um, take it anymore. Guys. <laughs> you all are covered in my intelligence. Um, <laughs> The the idea that the 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 crisis around 2022 um, and this idea of the idea that if we if we don't do this now right like it I I, don't know, I guess I keep coming back to this idea that it that the existential threat is not coming. You know, it's we here. just managed to pass the <laughs> it's first in the house. wave. Yeah, it's, it's it's coming from inside the house. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Well, I would I, I was I was also going to offer that this the idea. Oh, I remember because I lost my train of thought. I knew if I babbled long enough, it'd come back to me. Um, it's the idea that people I think will put up with a certain amount of oppression, but as soon as you go one scintilla iota over above what it is they want they immediately, you know, yeah. rebel Turn and pull. Yeah, and I think that's what we were seeing in that Georgia, right? Because if I think about it, Georgia was not a purple state. Mm -mm. Um, and it was not on its way to being a purple state, but yet and no, still. No, and then Stacey Abrams happened. Right? Stacey both, Abrams happened. Both yeah. the egregious way in which Kemp um, stole that election. Monitored his her. own election as Secretary yeah. of State. And Are then the, the heroic way that she yes, didn't responded. run for office, she just turned into like a get out the vote machine. Like she did an incredible job in that state. What was incredible it? Incredible job. Um, I think, uh, what was it? Eight, 200,000 people for her, for her gubernatorial run. And then I think 800,000 people in terms of new registered yeah. voters yeah. Um, for the presidential election. Like it's, it's, if I'm a Republican, I almost wanted her as governor because if I almost, I can almost say that if Stacey Abrams governor, Maybe Warnock wins, maybe Ossoff wins, but I don't think both of them win. Right. Um, right. And I know, you know that again, that was overplaying their hand, overplaying right? Overplaying their hand. Yeah. 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 It is. 
Well, uh, speaking of overplaying hands, um, talk to me about Mansion and Semena. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the corruption of the moderates. It's not going to be the person who's coming at your house, knocking on your front door with the gun. It's the person who saw that individual walk into your house and right. said nothing to you. Right, right, right. <laughs> Why yeah. didn't you tell me they were coming to my house with a gun? Well, you know, I, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it. Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, and you know whatever I I like your house, and I figured I could buy it for cheap if you got yeah. killed in it. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> you know no one wants to buy the murder house. That's right. Uh, yeah, the corruption. I mean, uh, to me, can we call it? I mean, can, are are you in agreement with that? Can we call it corruption at this point? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's no. Uh, there's no um, credible political. Uh, thesis behind their behavior. It's just a hundred percent. They're bought and paid for mm-hmm. by you know by uh, Cole and in, in Mansion's uh, <laughs> case, and and by I don't know whom in Cinema's case. So that's even scarier, right? It's like yes. And I, to me, this is an illustration of like, sure, the, the voters in theory hold elected officials accountable every time the election cycle comes around. In between. We need ethics, right? We need, uh, was his name Walter, was it Schaub who uh, oh, yeah, resigned? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, that ethics office needs to be in, in the White House, needs to be in the House, needs to be, that, that um, there needs to be consequences, right? It I mean, needs to be, it needs some there, toothiness. There was insider trading at the beginning of the, the uh, uh, COVID pandemic. pandemic that got just barely a slap on the wrist and maybe- Hello, Rand Paul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's, that's just egregious. Like you can't, you can't allow people to personally benefit from uh temporary elected power, the power of an elected office and, and just let it slide. Like it's, you know, we, it, it, I feel like, you know, in the whatever 19th century, part of the 20th century was rampant in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, election fraud and, and, you know, like whatever, they gave away shots for, for if you voted for the right person in, in Tammany Hall and all that stuff, right? I mean, it was, it was uh, notorious. Um, and, you know, you can buy a politician for nothing. And it got better. Um, and I, I'm not sure when exactly it started getting worse, but I think it's really, really bad now. Really bad. I think there's so much corruption now. Um, I think we have a corruption problem in this country. Like, like we used to point our fingers at, you know, uh, other countries, Eastern European and emerging <laughs> market company countries and say like, you know, they've got like the Philippines or whatever. We're really, we're almost at like a Marcos level of corruption. When, when the UN started talking about having to monitor us elections yes. or possibly having to monitor us elections. Yes. That should have been a clarion call. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send in the blue helmets. In the Smurfs, <laughs> to monitor our polling well, sites. I think uh, you know Amir Hake, who I know you and I have read. Yeah. I probably read him a little bit more frequently than you, but I, there's something in there where he. I says, would read him more, but he, know, he scares me out. So he scares the shit out of me. I know. If you ever need a good scare, like forget a horror movie, just read some Amir Hake. Uh, um, what I think, he, but what I do think he nails is the idea that Americans don't think it can happen here. That's right. Of course. And, and his, his concern is it's not that it could happen here. He's saying it has already happened yeah. and you need to take incredibly powerful and defined right. steps to preclude yeah. it's taking over. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. 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 I think the, I agree with him. The only thing that I think he is not factoring in is the degree to which a Hitler or a Mussolini or a Marcos or whoever, any of those autocratic uh, uh, dictators uh, relied on, um, you know, uh, direct visible violence. Right. Yes. Um, and that's not something that we've had in this society for a long time. And I think it's something that would be reacted to. I mean, even, you know, like you can see it in even the fringe elements of society, like uh, operation Jade Helm freaked the conspiracy theorists out because they thought, you know, it wasn't just a military operation. It was, Mm. it was a prelude to a domestic invasion, basic military takeover. Right. And like, we're so uh, calibrated with a hair trigger to seeing, uh, you know, U.S. military personnel um, uh, in any kind of enforcement role as a domestic bad enforcement, thing. yeah, right, as a bad yeah. thing. Like we freak out when we see it. So without that tool in, in the toolbox, I it's really hard to see how true authoritarianism could. Um, could take hold and remain in power. Now, that's not to say there isn't, there's a slippery slope, right? I mean, like if, if uh, Millie had uh, gone along with Trump um, and started using the military to control Black Lives Matter protests uh, in the summer of 2020, we'd be in a really different place now, right? I mean, um, and thank goodness he didn't, he didn't do everything right, but he did some things right. um, And that was one of them. Yeah. but, uh, but, you know, there's a long way to go before American society would, uh, would sort of, uh, whatever, uh, pale at the side of a uh, site mm-hmm. of, of us military personnel, you know, at a checkpoint or whatever. Right. So here, so I would say this, I one as usual, I agree with you. My, my comeback would be, if you cannot control the army, what do you do? You build your own. And so mm-hmm. I'm very concerned about the old <laughs> keepers. I'm very concerned about the proud boys. I'm very concerned totally. about the 3%. I mean, the um, DHS, Yeah, because I mean, remember during the Black Lives Matter protests, there were those unbadged and unseen, you know, no mm-hmm. uniform. Uh, yes, unidentified. <laughs> totally. That was the scariest thing that happened in the entire Trump era, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's I mean, for those who I mean, that's Pinochet with the disappearing squads. That's right. Right. I That's mean, right. obviously not to the numbers. And I don't know as many people were actually murdered in, you know, in terms of uh, Augusto Pinochet, but that's some bad shit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's, you know, by the way, that that is the other tool that, uh, that you know, Putin uses that a lot. Right. Just, yes. uh, Just killing people, um, journalists or killing doctors or whatever. Um, and uh, again, like we're in this society, we haven't had that for a long time. Um, and we never had it in the, uh, in the 20th century to the degree that other societies did um, in the sort of the heyday of fascism and authoritarian mm-hmm. regimes. And so I think there's, there's a, um, there's a greater barrier to, to enacting that type of social control. Now, is it a, a risk? Absolutely. It terrifies me. Um, but I'm somewhat like, I'm less worried about that in this country than in, uh, you know, a, a country that was formerly part of the Soviet Union, for example, where they have 
a cultural the, the memory structure. Yeah. Right. A cultural memory of like, Oh yeah, that's, that happened for like 50 years. And now mm-hmm. it seems like it's happening again. That erodes um, uh, defiance so much to know that there, that happened before. And you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, well, it it's a normal thing. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Or you get into uh, what's it called? I'm um, kind of like hunker down mode. You're just like, well, you know, right. let's go to the ground. Let's go to the mattresses. Right. Self-preservation. We'll yeah. Right. Look the other way especially if you have a comfy middle-class existence. Mm. I'll add something else to the names that I didn't add um, to proud boys and, you know, Mm. three percenters and oath keepers. I will add Texas private citizens. Mm -hmm. If I mean, when we think, and that's maybe the, the scariest part of that whole law. I mean, the fact that it is about abortion is scary, but the fact that you can deputize millions of Texas citizens. Oh no, they don't even have to be in Texas. It's open. true. That's true. That is true. But I will say, you also just remind me of another uh, event that happened recently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, during our hiatus, uh, the Epic Hack. Oh, oh my. (laughs) You know, I think you and I working in tech, we have an understanding that there really is no such thing as completely safe or completely purging or completely deleting. Like, it's going to reside somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you should really act as if the thing you sent in an email or the site in which you register, just imagine how you would respond if that site was put up in your church or on a billboard outside of your house. Mm-hmm. And that should really drive your behavior in terms of what you want to be associated with. Yep. So because I'm a little bit familiar with it, tell Fan what the epic hack was, Sean. Well, Sebastian, <laughs> whose name I don't know. <laughs> you, white guy on the other end of this phone. Tell, tell the people what the epic hack was about. <laughs> we just all look as the like election. <laughs> so well, it's been fun. Welcome yeah. to our last podcast. <laughs> this is going in my tell-all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Tell the editor to hold the publishing. I have a new chapter. <laughs> Aries hates all white people. <laughs> Oh, oh and I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. You had you didn't have a racist. Bone I don't. I don't have a racist bone in my body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please, oh, epic, let's, let's epic, go, yeah. go, go. <laughs> All right. So, anonymous, which is a, a hacktivist group uh, with no real organizational structure or membership or uh, or leadership. It's just sort of a flag that gets uh, waved um, when when there's sort of ethical hacking or whatever. Um, Hacked Epic, which was a, a DNS registration uh, service and web host service, um, very popular with uh, the less savory um, mm-hmm. organizations on the internet. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So uh, among their customers are, as you said, the Oath Keepers, uh, the Three Percenters, uh, Proud Boys, um, uh, many other white supremacist organizations. I'm trying to find a list here. As I tried to, I tried to transparently look it up and seem smarter <laughs> than I am, but I failed. Um, anyway, it's not just it. It is the name is very apropos. It is an epic hack because I've I've read security experts, IT security experts, saying like in my thirty years I've never seen such an egregious mm. failure of security. Mm. It is a giant like I think it's eight gigabytes. Uh, you know, zipped up on the dark web on Tor. You can get on Tor and download the whole thing. It has 
um, all of the login IDs, all of the passwords, all the email addresses, all the private messages, all of credit card numbers. Oh, it has Gab and Parler. That was those are the ones I was trying to remember. Oh yes, yes, because oh, Gab man. famously was requiring social security numbers. Yes, to identify the fact that you were one of the good people. That's right. So the uh, I just heard uh, day before yesterday or Sunday, yeah. Um, on on the media on on NPR, um, uh, New York Times. Uh, no, was he Times? Anyway, no, no. He was um, WMYC investigative reporter who started going through the logs and just matching names and the Oath Keepers to New York NYPD uh, mm-hmm. current employees and mm-hmm. calling them up and saying, "Hey, um, are you a member of the Oath Keepers? Yeah. Where did you get my name and how did you get this number? Uh, well, I just." open this file that is a list of the membership of the, it said you paid dues in 2019 so i just wanted to see if you still were well, it's think, delightful the like, other thing that anybody from crisis management will tell you is that when you call up somebody and ask hey are you a member the first response is not how did you get my name no <laughs> the correct response brand managers is no assuming correct. that it's true correct Correct. Right. Yes. Or so, if it is not, or if the answer is yes, it's I have no comment on that. That's right. Yeah. But deflecting to, you know, how hey, did you get my name? How, how did you find me? <laughs> well, I mean, these are rank and file NYPD yeah. cops. They're not the brightest. They could be possibly. Well, I mean, I would think that even a rank and file cop should know enough having maybe trapped criminals in investigations or sweated people out sure. during an investigation or at least watched an episode of FUV, SVVU, um, should know enough to not do that. Yeah. So in response to Blasio has announced uh, an investigation into NYPD membership in these groups, which is uh, a good thing. And here's let me ask you, who are the people that you don't want involved in investigating the police right now? Tish James and Cyrus Vance. <laughs> like, and I think it's got to fall under the auspices of one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's an independent. I don't know how New York runs yeah, its investigations. That's a good question. It's probably uh, somebody who's bought and paid for by the cops, frankly. Well, you know, here, so I, I, will, I will push back on that. What I will say is there's been a lot of talk in terms of, you know, cop organizations that are against um, you know, reforms or something else. And and when you read the numbers, it's actually not the biggest cop organizations in the United States, like that's the Fraternal Order Police. It's actually the sheriff's organization. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that represents, I think, what, 8% or yeah, 10% of true. the uniformed police officers here. That's true. And about that's true. 90% of their members are overwhelmingly white. And so I think we need to be very careful when we talk so about- So you're saying though. not all police, person who has police officers. <laughs> <laughs> not all cops, baby. Not all cops. I, um, I totally agree. And, it, you know, frankly, like, uh, I, I really hope that we can get past this thin blue line kind of bullshit because those, those ones need to be rooted out and eliminated, right, fast. Because it's not, it does not cast a good light on law enforcement in general um and there's a really easy way to fix that problem get them out well, you know and I, and I would also say that if we're worried about this because there are elements where there are two types of people who become cops right and and by the way i think full instance of disclosure my mother was a police officer right which is why i don't drink and smoke um but you know <laughs> it's the idea that people get into policing for two reasons one 
because they have an overwhelming desire to do public good and be a yep. public service, yep. or they are bullies who never had an opportunity That's right. and they were picked upon. So therefore they want to exert their power over yeah. others. That's and right. you know, that group that's in the second is actually much smaller, but Absolutely. they have a, ba- a <laughs> they have a tremendous ax to grind. And so they are overrepresented in quote unquote, you know, right. bad cops, you know, cops acting badly. And well, and, and I think frankly, what you just said is, uh that is a pretty um reliable rule of uh human social groups in general that the there's a mm. small minority who are terrible mm. <laughs> most mm. people are great and somehow we get into this situation over and over again that the terrible people grab the microphone command the attention uh you know steer the boat whatever it is whatever metaphor you want it's like why why do we let those people do that we all know they're jerks because we because human beings i think are very capable of compartmentalizing and deciding you know we have a certain amount of energy to fight a certain number of battles and it goes to something i think you said a little earlier Sometimes people are not invested in changing the system because they feel it's not going to impact them. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they are not invested in changing the system because they just don't have the energy to actually get involved with that particular fight. It's an important fight. Yeah. It's it's valid. However, you know, I'm over here working two jobs. I don't yeah. have childcare. Like, I just don't, hierarchy of needs. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I, I just can't get involved with that right now. I, I need other people to do that. Well, and and yeah, you're right. In total fairness, I mean, I can imagine, uh, you know, we've seen it in it, it's so uh, ingrained it, that there's movies and TV shows about like the rookie cop who sees corruption and is very quickly uh, mm. taught that they can't <laughs> do anything about it um, because they're at the bottom of the, of the hierarchy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, Back to the, the original point, there definitely needs to be an independent um, and thorough investigation of the, the, this particular uh, data breach um, that we're, we're talking about right now. Well, so. I think you're hitting the New York side. I think there's also another aspect of that in terms of how widespread is this? Oh yeah, in the U.S. military, right? That's yeah. the other. And I'm not. And, and listen, I mean, if you're a general now, you pretty much came up, you know, from a Norman Schwarzkopf, you know. Iraqi war, because that's I, yeah. I think you would have been a colonel maybe 20 years ago or mm-hmm. 30 years ago when that was happening. And so I'm not worried about the generals. What I am worried about, like a lot of other entities, I don't worry about the people at the top. I also don't worry so much about the people at the bottom, but that amorphous layer of middle management, mm-hmm. right? The colonels <laughs> all the way down to the lieutenants, mm-hmm. like the people who actually are in control of larger numbers of individual people and have, mm-hmm. I think, an outsized influence. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. So what are we doing? Are we pausing this for one? Are we, are we breaking this goodness up into two uh, separate hours? Are we, uh... That's a good idea. Okay. That's a good okay. idea. So what are we going to name episode? I think, I think this is episode 44, right? Because I think we had 43 in the can that somebody never had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. It was a mess. That, <laughs> that Riverside service oh, is, is great. It, it chopped when it all you, the- yeah, it was like all out of sync and it was okay. terrible. Okay. It'll be, you know what? It'll be like Dave Chappelle, the lost episode. That's right. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll bring it back. Right. But um, less homophobic. 
Yes. Well, that's actually a pretty low bar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I understand that comedians have a long history of trying to say the things that make us uncomfortable and saying the things that make us laugh at ourselves. But when you Mm. actually transition that into mean spiritedness, it's a thin line, isn't it? it, Well, but but that's why comedy is an art. That's right. You and I have mastered. That's Um, right. (laughs) It is an art, you know, to go from, oh, that's really insightful. And, oh, you're making me laugh a little uncomfortably. Like, wow, that is some pretty trans homophobic shit you're saying. Yeah. Um, It it, it doesn't belong in the public sphere. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and worst worst of all, not funny. (laughs) Well, that's the other part, right? At some point in time, like, you can make me laugh uncomfortably, but you're still making me laugh. Yes. Like, if you're just saying stuff that is just mean and not funny, and I'm not even getting an uncomfortable, like. That's uh, right. So, yeah. 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 So I would say you named this already, which was, uh, what was the word that you coined (laughs) in the Slack? It was. (laughs) Um. In, in, inequitize. Inequitize this. <laughs> inequitize this. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah.